Fellow citizens, it has come to the attention of my benevolent administration that it is less than four weeks until Christmas. This ties in with my plans for world domination. In Santa's grottos and all major London department stores, specially trained midgets dressed as elves will substitute the piped music in the grottos simultaneously for the CD of Christmas songs sung by none other than William Shatner. In the panic that follows, rim-faced parents, their ears bleeding, will carry their wailing, distraught offspring in their arms out of the stores. En masse, they will march downing street and call for the Prime Minister. Tearful children will ask why Santa has turned bad, and enraged adults will ask why on earth are Henry Rollins from Black Flag and Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull appearing on the cursed CD. The beleaguered PM, already on the back foot from Brexit, will be unable to answer the questions and will be forced to step down. I will step into the void left by their leopard-print Lebutins and proceed with my plans for world domination. Here endeth my address. That's hard to say. <laughs> Just go with it. Welcome, dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest in a long, long, long line of Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I, yes, I am... A knob. I? I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything else. You're normally a bit more colourful in your abuse. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you, I you said you. Lebutins and I lost the will to live. <laughs> so I love you, I just want you to know that. I love you too, but you're a knob. <laughs> Anyway, fashionable shoes besides. It's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Christmas is cancelled. Uh, yes. The tradition. Thank goodness. Of Doctor Who Christmas specials has been broken, perhaps, oh. forever. Oh, oh, oh. Can we hear the soft whimpering of RTD, remembering that manic time in 2005 when everyone had to hurriedly reschedule and double bank to unexpectedly make the first ever 21st century Doctor Who Christmas special? Nope. Instead, perhaps we have a new tradition, seeing in the new year with a New Year's Doctor Who special. Ooh, ooh. Certainly that is what we have for the 1st of January 2019. Chibnall, who has previously suggested that he had absolutely no ideas for a Christmas special, said of this episode... We're thrilled to be starting the new year with a bang on BBC One, as Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and friends face a terrifying alien threat in an action-packed, hour-long special adventure for all the family. I'm sorry, but... That's a shame, I don't know. Not... uh, This is a sign of age, this. If something's only been happening for, what, 11 years... Not really a tradition. There's a lot of people who've grown up with this. This is true. I'm just being an ass. <laughs> it is. I hate new and old who, because I mean, this, this you can't hardly. You're on the wrong it, podcast. No, you, no, no, I mean, in terms of you can't really call it new who anymore. I mean, it's been yeah. newish, so, newish, pre-hiatus and post-hiatus. And that, that doesn't roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't. No. But but the post-hiatus, the the who we have now, it is a tradition to have it the is, Christmas yes. special. However, year, hasn't. I'm quite pleased it's not a Chris 
Christmas because then I'm not going to fall asleep for it. <laughs> and I really did think they were starting to run out of ideas of how to do Christmas. And it would be nice to see a New Year's one. Yep, I agree. It doesn't stop EastEnders, so does it? <laughs> I know. Nothing does. Just or ever on, will. On. But yeah. on Facebook, you would think, I'm people going, hey, get in the show. There's no special. Oh, they the do Christmas say that anyway. <laughs> I saw, can I just, while I really remember, I saw a fantastic meme. Right. Um, basically, that November the 23rd, 1963 was the best day in the world because it was the only day that Doctor Who fans couldn't say it's not as good as it used to be. And then someone <laughs> responded with, well, I'm afraid I think the unseen pilot was better. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. For me, I think it was always a bit of a hassle trying to, yeah. to get the get Doctor special in. Yeah. yeah. So in a way, it's not terrible. It is a shame. And I did. I actually fell asleep during last year's, didn't yeah. I? Oh, blimey. Yes. I was snoring. Did you miss the regeneration? <laughs> Yeah, no, it was completely... <laughs> I, had to watch I, it again, I missed I the whole flipping episode, didn't I? I think yeah. a lot of people... Yeah. Because you've, you've had a really busy day. By that point, you relax. You're stuffed full of food. Mm, you sit down well. in, yeah. in warm Snuggle and... Snuggle down with the rum, yeah, the duvet. Yeah. It's mates. easy to just end up nodding off, no matter how good it is. I even if it so isn't the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Doctor, the one. Yeah, that wasn't a great one. We shall see what they give us in New Year. So we're guaranteed to have at least some Doctor next year. Yay. And my news... To who? Tom Baker going to hell? Tom Baker, best known for still not being dead, Mm -hmm. has put his name to a new Doctor Who novel called Scratchman. Mm. That's been knocking around Around since 1975. Yes, I think that is covered. Based on a film script originally written back in the 1970s by Tom Baker and the wonderful (laughs) Ian Martyr, who of course played Harry Sullivan, who is not an idiot. <laughs> in Tom Baker's first two seasons of Doctor Who. Despite the novel being attributed to Tom Baker alone, it was in fact adapted by James Goss, who did similar work of novelising Douglas Adams' scripts City of Death, The Pirate Planet, and Doctor Who and the Cricket. Cricket Man. Cricket Man. Yes. Baker said of the novel When I was approached about the book, I thought, why not? I am always on the lookout for a novelty. I am very enthusiastic as I get close to darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Coffin Dodger himself, Tom Baker, <laughs> will narrate the audiobook, which will be released alongside the printed and ebook forms in January 2019. Even Tom Baker admits he's got and hasn't got long to go. He's been playing out for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, he's been dusting off his own tombstone for that last 40 of them. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say of that, it's a shame that Ian Martyr's name isn't on the front cover. Yeah. yeah. Given he co-wrote it and probably actually wrote the script. The majority of the uh, yeah, because yeah. he did do quite a bit of writing. He did. If he'd been alive today, he would have written that novel himself. <laughs> would have done. He would have said, "If I was alive today." <laughs> well, he, he did quite a few of the targets at one mm. point. Any addendums? I have an addendum, but I'm not sure if it's for here or for um, the Who review. Oh, okay. I Tell us a... it anyway. Okay, okay, okay. My addendum is, as of recording, last week, Doctor Who Kablam episode. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was probably slightly disparaging against Amazon, you could say. <laughs> with the whole <laughs> setup. Whimsy. Just yeah. well, well, apparently, either there was an enormous cock up, or, as I like to believe. Conspiracy theory! As I like to believe, Amazon got its revenge in first. Oh. <laughs> Instead of showing the Kablam episode, they showed Witchfinder. the Witchfinder mm. instead, which is a week in advance of the one that was meant to be showing. Mm-hmm. But they included the subtitles from Kablam. Mm. 
Confusing. Yeah. Interesting people have access to this stuff. Amazon's already got access to it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, apparently, oh, surprising, given how much I, they try to keep it on the wraps. I, I believe, or I understand, I could be mistaken, it was uh, streamed for the States. It was only broadcast to the States, this mix-up. Yeah. So there's lots of very deaf people in America thoroughly confused yeah. by what the hell that <laughs> yeah. episode was they're, about. They're, they're talking about the robots, normal, looking frankly. at the robots in conveyor belts, and they're yes. seeing King Trees. James the First yeah. running around. That's just Doctor Who for you, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any more addendums? In Star Wars, The Mandalorian. Oh, yes. Yes. We have the main star named. Oh, yes. I remember this. Can I guess? Go on then. Russell Crowe. No. No. Nor his jockstrap. Uh, Russell Howard. No. Nor his... Not his jockstrap either. No. Russell Brand. <laughs> no, you no. should You should know the name. I should? You should. I know lots you of You may names. recognise it, you may not. But Go on then. Pedro Pascal. Oh, from Game of Thrones. <laughs> with the squashed eyes <laughs> he had a bit of a headache he's, last he time we saw him yeah. the mountain popped his eyes Ooh, was, I remember that scene that was real, real glory. he got better he, he did, did get, get better. better and he he's now blind. star of the Mandalorian Ooh, whether we see his face we don't know <laughs> or his eyes oh. yeah there's not much more to say about that other okay. than he's been cast I have a 30 second recommendation which I'm just writing at the moment is this 30 second recommendation time it is not no it will be is this the real life is, or is it this not? just no fantasy. singing no singing no singing or whatever that may or whatever be. Whatever that noise is. <laughs> <laughs> So one I've not heard of before, but Armando Iannucci. Oh yes, has got a new TV. He's got a new TV series coming for HBO, a comedy set on a spaceship, Mm. starring somebody called Hugh Laurie. Never heard of him. And Rebecca Front. Generally, never heard of her. Oh really? (laughs) You should should done. Yeah. I might know her face. You probably would do. Yeah. Is he remaking Red Dwarf? It sounds a bit Red Dwarfish. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it. Does it sound a little bit Red Dwarfish because Red Dwarf is the only other comedy show set on a spaceship? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's called Avenue 5, which means you may think of Babylon 5. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. We don't know much about it other okay. than uh, they're is going, going to production a, shortly. Is it going to be a parody of various series? And is I Hugh Laurie doing an American accent? Expect. So Ooh. apparently he's the charming, in control American captain. Doing an American accent. Right. So presumably he is. One to look out for. And what, when's that? Is that really? Netflix? That's HBO. HBO, so we're not going to see that anytime soon. No. no, no. <laughs> Might end up on Atlantic, but... We don't get Atlantic. I know we don't. <laughs> so... Still not going to see that for any time soon. Yeah, they're kind of working on the pilots, so it may not actually go anywhere, but mm. we shall see. But it's got Hugh Laurie in, and he got mm. a medal from Prince Charles. Yeah, a medal. You know, she's very popular because of Veep, yep. which is their version of the thick of it. Yep. Anymore? No, all addendumed out. I've checked Google, no one's dead. Are you they're sure? all still Ooh. alive. Give it a couple of hours. <laughs> That's into the news. We've been watching the television. We yeah. have. In between have, yes. EastEnders and I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, EastEnders, have you seen it? Was all... <laughs> We've been watching a little country show. Country File. We have been catching a lot of Country <laughs> File, mainly because it's on directly before Doctor Who. Ooh. Pause for music. Okay, we... Kablam! Kablam! (laughs) This was the only Doctor Who story ever with an exclamation in the title. Well, a TV story. Sure, there must have been a book or... There has been books with it in... Audio plays. No, 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 TV. But it's only TV episode Mm. with an exclamation mark. 
so far. The only TV title that is a sound effect. Clack. Clack wasn't a title. No, it wasn't. It should be, shouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Now, we're doing Kablam and The Witchfinder. Yes. And they were two episodes that I actually really, really enjoyed. Hmm. Let's just do Kablam first. Kablam, Kablam, quite frankly, with those spooky-ass robots. Oh, they were sinister, they really were. Very, um, they reminded me of the Smilers from The Beast Below. Yeah. And also Johnny Cab from Total Recall. Total Recall. But they were were all kinds of awesome. And this was the first episode this season where the baddie got his comeuppance. Yes. Mm. But was Mm. he a baddie? Yes, he was. Well, he Kill people. I want to yeah. kill a lot more. Killing, killing people is quite bad. It's generally frowned upon. We've, nice, we've no. discussed this, mm-hmm. Gene. But is he not a freedom fighter? <laughs> One person's freedom another, fighter is another person's terrorist. terrorist. He's <laughs> a baddie. He killed people. Um, and we also got a brand new terror of bubble wrap. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm never going to pop one it, again. No, no. Some of us had a terror of bubble wrap from back in the days when it had been sprayed green and shoved around people. Yeah, the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I can space. Yes. And who didn't think it was a dig at Amazon? Well, I think everybody knew it was a dig at that kind of factory setting. I like the the bit at the beginning with the fez. I thought that was quite nice. nice I must have ordered the... Yeah, you you kind of have an idea if he's sort of like my rivers asleep and all the rest of it. Gone on the She river blew up his... Yeah, big bang. I can buy a fez. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. So he's put the order in and because the doctor hasn't hung around anywhere long enough, it's time to find him. Finally gone back to this sort of time period, this this galaxy, it turns up. And I, I did question, though, how the rampaging hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through the doors of the TARDIS, but a delivery from Amazon... Yeah, well, she let it in. Well, yeah, it did, possibly, she, did she let it in? I, I don't think I, she let it no, in. Titanic's got through the TARDIS. Well, yeah. but, oh, but that was explained to Shields down. Yeah. yeah, but surely if you've ordered it, you're going to include some mm. form of entry coder. Fair enough, well, yeah, you actually sure, gave... Yeah. Like like Leave Amazon's it. decision to try and get you to give them your door key so yeah. they can come into your house. <laughs> <laughs> In the letter, sort of leave it behind the bin. Yeah, okay, you know, yeah. So the yeah. order, order. Send note. it on this frequency and yeah. you'll come through the shields. But there again, does Kablam sort of charge you seventy nine pounds for services you didn't, didn't really want? <laughs> all right, this is all getting what a bit personal. poor old Graham. These adventures Ventures in space and time, yep. and he gets to be a mop and bucket, mop and bucket man. Um, yeah. We haven't said quite why they've ended up at Kablam's place, oh, have we? Tell us, Jean. Because <laughs> with the fez came a card. What did the card say? Help, Help me! That sounds like a cry for help to yeah, me. Normally. She looked <laughs> so, quite good in the fest too, I thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so off they went. They uh, managed to convince them that they were new recruits. Yes. Yep. No, it's psychic doc- paper. The doctor, they had these ankle bracelets on that looked yeah. like those um, prisoners, bra- prisoners mm. bracelets you get if you've been a naughty boy. Well, I yeah. think that, that's, a slight, that's a slight spin on the latest thing that is coming out from some factories is giving RAF, RAF, RAF? RFID. Thank you, RFID <laughs> encoders mm. implied. Planted under the skin. Under the skin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you can just wave yourself yeah. through a door. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're implanted... It's very black mirror, isn't they're it? They're implanted yeah. between the thumb and the forefinger. Mm, yeah. So you don't need any key... You can't, yeah, don't you forget don't your key, key card, card or anymore. Like that, no. Already in a lot of warehouses, though, warehouse yeah. staff are given, like, those palm pilot things mm. and are mm. given a certain amount of time in which to fill their orders. And oh, yeah. They get announcements yeah. over mm. if they're not moving fast. That's so it. This was not that far off of reality. Oh, I do like the fact, though, that there was sort of, like, they'd all been assigned them on the intelligence she swapped her 
was with, with Graham. Graham. Yeah, so yeah. The she doctor would have been, been mopping up. Bucket girl. <laughs> but that makes sense because it ends up whoever's in that job has the most access. Yeah. yeah. That's why she was assigned that job to investigate. Speaking but of she access to everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what about poor old Lee Mack? Had to go down to level 999. Dun, dun, dun. He was, he was another, he, yeah, he was, a, he was a good guest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. what more can you want of your acting career than you die on Doctor Who? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's brilliant. There's a lot of minutes would like yeah. that. 17 minutes, 22, actually, he does. Yeah. He popped Made off. a note. He yeah. gave a scream. That's where he screamed, 17, yeah. 22. <laughs> Yaz yeah. had a lot more to do in this as well. We've had a couple of good Yaz episodes. Yeah. A bit more, yeah. This one, they did each have their own little function to do, didn't mm. they? Which is quite good. I get a feeling there's something going on on the background. I think there's a kind of a bad wolf vibe there seems to be a lot happening in this same unnamed universe that we encountered the first time around because again this is the second episode was a lot those people they've never heard of earth but there was laws and that Mm. this people don't tend to have presence very often there's a more people out of work than Mm. in work and what there sounds like there's a backstory floating around well, that's as, not as coming out yet. While people were looking down at their phone screens, technology took over. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if they're connected. This is a particular galaxy. I'm not sure it was named. No, I don't think it was. But, uh, it wasn't, but I get, I'm getting the feeling that these mm. are all linked up. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a, a kind of like bad wolf scenario at the end and there's actually been these mm. subtle links through with oh, it. Very subtle. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like sort of humanity is somewhat surplus to requirements where mm. employment is concerned and the 10% is just a nod. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's mm. autumn, really, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Even at the end when, um, I can't remember the name of the uh, the supervisor, the manager, she said we're going to have it up to, what's it, 20%. It's still ridiculously low. Mm. She said majority, I think. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah, so Presumably 51% or something like that. But yeah, you can be sure it wouldn't be all of them. Yeah. Judy Maddox. You had quite a few people who were set up as the villain. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. weren't. Yeah. The, the manager. The manager. The yeah, him particularly. Yeah. Yeah. And Judy, both of them were the yeah. two humans who seemed to be in charge. And then you, there was play on had someone taken over the robots because like the way the they were behaving. Robots of death. Yeah. Was it answered why they were turning into gloop? I was not particularly clear about that. Presumably that was whatever the explosive... The residue the, of the explosion. Because uh, yeah. Graham... Not Graham. Um, What's Graham? Ryan? The, no, the, the one that disappeared. It, Lee Mack's character oh, disappeared. Right, yeah. And there was uh, others that had disappeared and they got turned Dan. into gloop. Quite impressive gloop. gloop but <laughs> I, I, and they were kidnapped yeah. by the robots and that. That never... Did that actually get answered? I think... I think it, was, it, it yeah. was Charlie who was killing them. It was Charlie Quite who was killing them. Quite why they're telling us it was gloop rather than I just atomised. Yeah, you, you, initially you got the impression when she I can't remember her name but when she exploded you got Kira. the yeah you got the emission uh, the impression that she was atomised but obviously yeah. there was some form of residue left mm. must have been that is being cleaned up and put to one side so we had yeah. taken over some of the robots to do his bidding then yeah, that's when the power cuts happened. He yeah, yeah. he would take over a robot because he said he had a background in robotics, uh, stuff right. like that. He'd faked his way in. He knew a lot more about technology than he made made yeah. out. I did have a couple of questions. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> my my first question regards her management abilities. Judy, she sa- yeah, she said all these people are registered at work as working. Did yep. they not? Did she not notice that for some reason they were all working right on top of each other? in the Forbidden Zone or whatever it was called. <laughs> About 10,000 people. Mm. Yeah, but nobody was allowed down there and all these people who were I, missing... Had they disappeared? Mm. I think they disappeared. So, But no one was bracelets. allowed down there and no. they would have 
been showing up as being down there and really, really close together for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. My second question centres around the bubble wrap. Right. Now, all the little the How bubble wrap was filled with, filled with the poison. Yeah. How did they cut it? Yeah. Well, the bubbles are filled with the poison while they they cut it down. Yeah, but some of them, when they, when she, when the doctor was wrapping up the thingy, she, you had one of those things where it was clearly cut across the bubbles. Well, well, obviously, every third bubble is not explosive. Or maybe Mm. it was filled (laughs) after the bubble wrap was cut to size. It was pre-cut in in the machinery. No, because that that it had to be done beforehand. Did they cut it down on the floor? Yeah, maybe whatever machines cut it neutralised the explosive somehow. Mm. (laughs) Didn't think that one through entirely, but. Mm. And also, totally unrealistic, that fez fit perfectly in that box. (laughs) Why didn't that fez arrive in a box 47 times too big for it with random paper shoved in it? I bought bought a a measuring thing for my quilting and it's like about two millimetres thick and it's six inches by 18 inches and it turned up in a box (laughs) that was about three feet long. Half an acre of bubble wrap. I'm saying, opening up... Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about out of propulsion. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of rather overzealous in that department. Yeah. <laughs> when I watched this, and I don't know if any of you can work it out, I liked some of the nodbacks, like the robophobia yeah. element, yeah. The, the unicorn the fez, and the wasp, yeah. the fez. The story reminded me of an old Who story, and I think it's a Tom Baker one. It might even be the Sunmakers, but I'm not sure. And I can't for the life of me think what one it was. It's like when you have a... No, it wasn't robust. That's the obvious one. Yeah, clearly. Um, Mm. It's almost like you have a taste and you can't figure out what the taste is. Yeah. And I just can't think which one it was. And I've spoken to other people and they've said, yo, they kind of like... It reminded them of something else. The 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 Sunmakers was pretty much sort of a dig at capitalism and such. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it is... I think it's the Sunmakers or something like that. Yeah. Then I, I do want to give a shout out to the performances, particularly uh, Witaka. Thought yes. she was great yeah. in this oh, one. Yeah. Mm. Her excitement about the Kablam Man in the yes. title was brilliant, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and she got to take charge a bit as well, which is something she doesn't get to do much this season. I yeah, feel. that's so, that's been a, an annoyance. It has for season. me particularly, yeah. But I really like that, and um, how disappointed she was when she was told she couldn't go on the conveyor belts. <laughs> <laughs> which Ryan yes, did. The mystery of the yeah, yeah. not allowed to go on the conveyor belts. Yes. Yeah. It's like harking back to the first episode where. She wanted to press the lights and sirens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. something very childish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, I like the fact they've all they all had quite a, a balanced role, a balanced part in this as well. Yeah, that, that's one thing I am impressed with the writing this year is that with a larger crew, it's very easy to have someone kidnapped, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or locked, locked in a tunnel. Locked away. <laughs> but it has been written in a way to actually keep them all involved in a greater or lesser extent. There's not yeah. been the necessity for someone to get lost, twist an ankle. Get kidnapped, get no. You know, they or generally sent back to the tag along. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's tag along, but they still tend to have a role in in some extent. The odd line Ryan's too, dyspraxia yeah. was mentioned again. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So that hasn't just been forgotten. Yeah, Charlie fell off the conveyor belt to a certain death. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, 
in that case, I don't think having dyspraxia would be a good thing or a bad thing. I'd be sitting there going, we're going to die, I can't do yeah. it, we can't, I can't. <laughs> No safety rails here. <laughs> With yeah. or without dyspraxia. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. 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 Great. It's very old school Who, mm-hmm. which this season hasn't been for the most part. It's been different. But it's nice to have one which is back to yeah. more traditional format. I'm glad the baddie got his comeuppance and I'm glad she mm. gave him a chance, though, several chances, yeah. tried to yeah. get him yeah. to Although, save himself. Quite. Why did the doctor order the robots to pop the bubble wrap? To disperse the... Couldn't you just have just taken it off them and disposed of it carefully? No, she was fed up of arses <laughs> taking advantage. So, And everybody loves the sound of bubble wrap being popped. <laughs> Explosively. They weren't even there for that. They had to teleport out pretty quick. They did. <laughs> and a nice, nice misdirection with who's the bad guy yeah, and yeah. all that. Yeah. Maybe it was her subversive way of making sure they had to employ more humans. Blow up all the delivery bots mm, as well. Yeah. You end up holiday. with more... Humans. Yeah. And now we're going to pass you over to Crumbly, who has a 30 second recommendation. And if he goes one second over, we will harm him. On your marks, get set. I'm going to read this very slowly. You're disrespecting <laughs> the spirit of the 30-second recommendation. Is it about movies? No, it's not. Tron? <laughs> Trump? Not oh, Trump, Tron. <laughs> I thought you said Trump. You know, the other really crap thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going I'm going to draw all over you. I don't draw on me, you arse. You drew on me, you arse. <laughs> Starting now. My 30-second recommendation is the series of novels collectively called The Amtrak Wars by Patrick Tilley. Set 900 years after a global thermonuclear war, set in the southern states of the USA, it chronicles the conflict between the trackers, descendants of the US Air Force staff who manned the underground missile silos, and who now dwell in a vast underground uh, civilization, and the mutes, descendants of people who survived the H-bomb blasts and now survive as nomadic clans wandering the surface. It is a tale of future war, political intrigue, double cross and prophecy, and one man's pivotal role in all of these proceedings. A very good saga of military sci-fi and high adventure. That was a 38 second. (laughs) 42.56 seconds. (laughs) That's 12.5 seconds between friends. Yeah, not heard of that one at all. No. Well, the Amtrak. The Amtrak Wars. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I've heard. I've never read it, but I have heard of it. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. Amtrak was one of those uh, pyramid scheme. I thought it was a railway system that we've mm, already been yeah. on. Oh, that, yeah. 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 Thank you for that, Crumbly. You. My pleasure. No, he's not understanding the spirit of thirty seconds. You, you can speak. No, no. Four minutes <laughs> last night. Exactly. You meant to go as long as possible. Ignore footnotes. Ignore everyone. Tea breaks. Talking rich. Let me want any cake. Ooh, cake. We're having cake. Thank you for that 30-second recommendation, Andy, that wasn't. <laughs> now we're going to talk about Doctor Who again. Ooh. Again? Again. Okay. And this time, The Witchfinder. <gasps> Persuivant. The witch smell of Persuivant, yes. Two immediate things. Mm-hmm. Right. One. As soon as you start talking about the witch finder, I think of Blackadder. Yeah. Yes. Two, Albert Jodie Whittaker yes. is an absolute 
trooper. Yeah. She spent most of that episode climbing oh. in and out of a river. Yes. Yeah. And it was filmed in March when it was oh, really, really, really cold. cold. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look exactly warm. No. It, it did not look warm. Is that why she's got oh, the long-sleeved yeah. white T-shirt mm. thing on? They think that should be a thermal one. Might be. <laughs> yeah. now, this was two in a row that I, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed this one immensely. This so Most for, people did. For, you didn't, did you? I didn't. <laughs> uh, for, for, for the show, there's been better episodes that I've been uncomfortable with. But okay, this, this uncomfortable. Is, <laughs> <laughs> this is one, this one I've, uh, I've enjoyed the most. The one criticism okay. I would have is they shouldn't have played King James I for laughs. It kind of clashed. Yeah, mm. it they should have. Yeah, it's a total switch round. Um, they should have made him play it completely straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that a little bit jarring. And yeah. who else thought the word Satan was rather overused? <laughs> well, it probably was at the time. Well, yeah. It was used a lot back then. Because he was hiding behind every rock. He was. He was responsible for everything. (laughs) He was really, really busy back then. And he was a baddie. Not a very nice person. And the fact that this absolute nutter had not only killed 36 people, but she'd also wiped out the horse population. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. His horses are the work of Satan. They're in league. Did you not see Blackadder? (laughs) With black satin, the horse? Now, but the horses can't have told on her, couldn't they? <laughs> for, for various reasons, when I saw this episode was upcoming... You were I feeling thought, rather uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> Why didn't you enjoy it? Sort of true to the time. They did treat people witches like that. Yeah. I, yeah. So it's not like it's been you know, played up. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But as we know, back in those days, it was usually just a way of getting rid of women who were causing trouble. Well, blabbermouths, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as well. And that's was shown in this episode, which is yeah. quite good. The whole way they handled it, yes, there were people that were burnt as witches because their neighbour wanted their land and yeah. God yeah. knows what. Yeah. Yeah. So that side of it, no problem with. I just felt it was a bit... Meh. Mm. Um, I quite liked Jodie in it, or Witaka, whichever way we want to go with it. I like the fact that she presented her ID and it's to a strong woman and the strong woman saw her as in charge and then when she presented it to the king, the king sees... An assistant. As assistant mm, and sees yeah. the man in charge. I like that bit and I like a little bit about, yeah, if I was a fellow I wouldn't have to put up with this. <laughs> but... <sighs> it didn't grip you. It didn't grip me and I'm enjoying this season but I'm starting to feel a little bit they're all safe the stories are all really? quite safe what even Rosa or yeah even Rosa they're almost like they are witnessing things rather than mm. taking part in it yeah, yeah, so yeah. Well, yeah. they're bystanders yeah. it's just safe none of them young... have been in any danger Real yeah danger, even yeah. in this mm. one yeah I had no concern of the doctor I mean it was a foregone ruddy conclusion well, that okay. she was going to end up on Go the ducking stool at yeah. some point well, yeah that was unfortunate you know um, and you know she's not going to drown and that kind of, there's there's no feeling of there's no danger sense of peril. or peril yeah, yeah. Hmm. um that's not new. There have been stories like that. There's, there's some quite good Most stories. Most Doctor, there's not much peril, frankly, well, the, for the Doctor, but, at least. But it's an entire season of it so far. Mm. And I'm not saying I'm starting to get a bit bored, but I'm starting to get a bit bored. <laughs> that, 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 you know, I'm not bored as in, oh, this is boring, not It's no. a bit repetitive. But, yeah, it's getting a bit repetitive. It's getting a bit yeah, safe. The, the viewing figures, I mean, the... Um, oh, yeah, no. 
Kablam was the most watched program of yeah. the week. Really? The wow. kids are flocking oh, back kids. to it in droves. Yes, and I think written. this is what it is, yeah. is for years and years and years, it was as if it was written for the die-hard fans. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it got darker and darker and more yeah. and more convoluted. Yeah. Which is why and I now like it's it. gone back to <laughs> basics. Honestly, and yeah. the kids are loving it. See, I love oh. the basics. I'm, I'm you, still you not on Moffat. You hated Moffat. I hated Moffat. I'm enjoying this. And I'm not... That's a weird thing. I'm not disliking them. Yeah. I just feel that there's a similarity in a lot of the stories. And as I say, it's more they're witnessing it than... They're actually in being in. involved yeah. in yeah. it. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. And it's the doctor's always been involved. There's always been that balance. There's been stories where there's been nothing the doctor could do, and they've mm. just let fate and circumstances go around them. And then there's other ones where they've had a part to play, not manipulating it, but mm. quietly whispering in the right ears. On yeah. and there doesn't seem to be that. Doesn't seem to be coming in. No, mm. I, I didn't greatly enjoy this, but a lot of people did. It's a problem me i'm sure of it but um i always said he was wrong yeah my issue is if it's just this story it'd be fine but again the doctor is pretty much powerless for most of the story mm. to the point where she is strung up she's doctor's a witch now that sort of thing happens a lot in doctor yeah but it's happened pretty much every story this season that... well doesn't that say to you that this is what the world is like this is what the universe is like for women when the Doctor was a man, he was seen by the men in power as a power figure himself. The, but because she's female, in story, yes. there are men all over the place who will see her as a secondary figure. If there are other men present, like Bradley Walsh, he's a senior man, clearly. So there are men in this world, whether consciously or unconsciously, will defer to him over oh, yeah. her, simply because she's a quite short, pretty, blonde woman who's also a bit ditzy. <laughs> in this story, definitely but it's not just that by powerless i mean she doesn't take initiative to fix injustice mm. Mm. now some of these are because it's real history yeah so she's hobbled by the script yep. she can't change history here it's in the past but she can change anything she wants because it's not a, not history we know and she did step in she did in the end yeah. she did fix it but, but she's right at the beginning she stepped in to try and save the grandmother yeah definitely a granny agenda mm. this season too i come out to. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's just that it doesn't feel right for the doctor no matter what their appearance their gender anything that they should be so powerless that they this is this is the yeah. this is the trouble and this is mostly that left over to the moffat effect as where we've had the doctor as a god yeah everyone's able to yeah personally i enjoyed that i've enjoyed that but personally i've enjoyed the doctor more when he's been the figure the side of the road that you buy the magic beans from he's not the one that is driving the story but he's the one who pushes certain dominoes he's the you had one. that you had that more with a little bit with number one definitely with two a lot with seven yeah maybe a little we may have had more of that with eight if it had more of a telepresence and certainly with nine so he's mm. the person Do who puts the, yeah. the sword in the stone rather than pulls it out yeah if you if you watch any of Eccleston's season he's not the driving force no. but he's the one who enables the other people to be the driving and there's something force. vulnerable yeah about him he still has those moments he has everybody lives moment yeah. he has that bit i'm gonna come to get you rose tyler in the penultimate episode he has those powerful moments too and but you've had, not had a power but you've had yet. more with him explaining to 
oh, I can't remember what the air conditioning system was on uh, uh, the long game. Yeah. You've had bits and pieces with MP for Fly Down North. I think Harriet th- Jones. Thank you, Harriet <laughs> Jones. I think this is the thing. There's, there's, there's been 283 stories to Doctor Who. Whatever it is, you're going to be able to draw a parallel to another story. Oh, yeah. Whether it's, it's because they haven't done this well in that one, they didn't do this, or because they have done this well in that one, they have done this. The clever thing about this one, it, there are homages to mm. past stories and that mm. kind of stuff. I think it's also because it is so vast. It is in some ways very, very reminiscent of very early Who. Yeah. I think it's more Davison-like, personally. But but it also... Which might be where Chibnall's come from yeah. as a fan. But yeah. it's also vastly different to a lot of what has been done, not only under New Moffat, Who. but under... Oh, um, Russell T. Yeah. And I think it is horses for courses. I'm, I have no time for people who aren't liking it because it's a female doctor. I'm sorry, I've got no time for you there <laughs> at all. Watch it and then tell me you don't like it because you don't like the script, because you don't like the directing style, mm. just because of the main character. And this is where I say I'm having a dichotomy with it, is I'm enjoying the writing, but I'm just feeling like there's something missing. missing. And I don't know if it's because they're all nice safe stories and I loved the Punjab and I loved um, Rosa but it's almost like I want one episode in there that's knocks them off their feet that knocks them off the feet I want one genesis of the Daleks Mm. and I don't mean that in I want them to come up with the classic I want one story that is pivotal around them not them being having the everything pivotal around them this was the first one where we've seen her get as close to angry as Mm. she ever has towards the end when she wasn't talking to the king (laughs) and she did give him you know the total evil look she was clearly furious with him but she hasn't had her moment yet her defining moment and all the doctors i think have had a speech a defining moment Mm. which you can all go you all look back on and quote but she she hasn't had that yet as i said on facebook i want her to be confident powerful with a righteous swagger and she's not really had that opportunity Mm. i don't at all blame jodie whittaker for this i think she's doing a great job i really like her doctor yeah but she isn't given those opportunities in the script it's a different way of going and it's not what I'm used to anymore I think I'm having trouble adapting that's to that that's the thing we've had what 12, 13 years yeah. of exploding everywhere and <laughs> yeah. you know, doing this yeah. that and the other but this and is Doctor who can so raise much... an army with a word exactly yeah. and yes. it's not that it's yeah. not that Doctor anymore no, no it's and not. this is how it was back in the day and that's why this I'm is much, it. much more like Davidson yeah. is what I'm thinking mm. in terms of the number of companions and even there was a, a bit in this last episode in Witchfinder where Yaz comes in in and they're in the room investigating it and uh, Yasnini gets chopped with the, the with the axe yeah. oh, and right. uh, the way that the doctor looks after she's realised it's Yaz reminded me a heck of a lot of a look that Davison would give mm. yeah I don't know if she's deliberately channeling him I don't know if she's been given clues by Chibnall to some extent her doctor is very reminiscent of naivety and I don't the, mean that the vulnerability, in the, in the vulnerability yeah. of the of the Pete Davison's doctor mm. yeah. the moment doesn't have to be a big speech because, I mean, you, you look back on most of the other Doctors, it hasn't necessarily been a tableau standing on the stone in the middle of Stonehenge yeah, no, no, or no, something it's, like it's, that. It's a moment. But there has always been that moment, mm. that point at which the character seals itself. So for New Who, it's mm. harder for Old Who, I think. For me, I've had that moment. 
Which oh, moment? What was, what was that? On the crane. I'm okay. so glad you asked me that. <laughs> a little bit, a little touch of uh, desperation, adrenaline. Yeah. That for me, that was the defining moment. That I know it's, I know it was merely introducing herself again. It's reclaiming but, yeah. her name. Yeah. Yes, in, just, to an extent. There's been enough of that. Yeah, though. there's not been yeah. enough of that. Yeah. Although the last couple of episodes, the one on the um, the hospital ship, we complained that Saranga. they they completely Conundrum. interrupted the flow of the story by having that um yaz and ryan stopping for a quick conversation about how tough yeah, life is yeah. they these two episodes ha- hasn't done that no oh, I, don't know. The, the I, do, I do like the james the first and his one upmanship on i lost my mother I, my mother was <laughs> talk about death one upmanship yeah, yeah. I, I also i liked the reaction to ryan in this one as well yes. he was a, a nubian prince <laughs> yes yeah which apparently well, shouldn't really been called nubianism you should be called more moorish well apparently for certainly king john's james so king james reaction is historically correct mm. he was he a had total a, fop wasn't he he had a lot of male friends as well as a lot of female, female. friends yeah. and i noticed at the end when king james offered him a job oh yeah. yes go back to london with him yes graham looked at him with that look of well it's up to you yeah. he didn't look at him with a ghast or horror yeah he kind of had that look of like would well, you want a son mm. yeah and I'm wondering if, you know what I was saying about, I think in some ways they've got to let Ryan be the hero somewhere. I wonder if they're setting that slightly up for that in mm. the long run. Maybe. There's a much long run left. Mm. This is episode eight. We've Ooh, got well, two and, and left. If, and if Chibnall yeah. leaves and Jodie well, leaves, I think we're all saying that. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't mention that. I try not to mention rumours on Facebook that try and fester into fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really hope that Witaka stays beyond two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Could we just mention Bradley Walsh and the hat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a big hat. That was some fine hat wearing there. Mm. Though I, I do have to point out the bullet hole. <laughs> Was it Bradley Walsh wearing the hat or was the hat wearing a Bradley <laughs> Walsh? It's entirely clear. But yeah. the, um, the hill, the hill was amazing and the, the tree being the lock. I yeah. loved that. Mm. Yeah. That was absolutely brilliant. And the fact it had been there for billions of years so it was a yeah. bit knackered so yeah. she could mm. chop it down. Mm. But the whole Fixed effect it. with the, the wood of the tree and then the entire yeah, the hill. Tree, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mm. I, I really liked that. And no, the alien has been the best so far. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, the Morax. The, the only morax. reason I rem- remember that was Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Although, again, it was not entirely tied up. Because at some point, that tree is going to be knocked down by somebody to build a house or something mm, on there, yeah. isn't it? Mm. In the oh, coming hundred years. It's, it's one of those. Of it's on the top it's, of almost a tour. It's the fact that they recognised <laughs> it as the hill. Yeah, so it's well, still yeah, like that Pendle Hill now. Yeah. 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 Graham did recognise yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So maybe, but it seemed like at some point that's got to be dealt with. But maybe not. It's probably got a tree preservation order put on it by now for being one of the <laughs> oldest trees in the area. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, grands. There's been a lot of grands this season. And they keep killing them. <laughs> they do keep killing them. Obviously, uh, He's the first yeah. episode we had to Ryan's grandmother Grace. killed yeah. off. I was going to say, has Chibnall got a problem with his, his grandmother? grandmother. As, as a yeah. grandmother, I find this very offensive. Yazzie's grandmother, she survived. She survived. Loses yeah. her husband twice. And there's a lot of people. <laughs> and another grand here. Uh, any others I've forgotten about? Uh, no, no, I think Can't that think covers so. the entire granny range. Not bad. How many grands have we had in Doctor Who up till now? We've had three in eight mm. episodes. Yeah, that's <laughs> And most of them are dead. One thing that did puzzle me about uh, Demons of uh, the Punjab yeah. right. was 
if they'd only, only been married for about two hours before he got killed, mm. yep. where along the line did Yaz's mother and uh, she obviously she met someone else? Marriage. She remarried because yeah. ah. that wasn't her father. That wasn't, that wasn't Yaz's grandfather. Because ah. no, she's no, sitting no. going, "You're not my grandfather." Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, is Wataka's hair shorter in this episode? I really don't know. It was wet most of the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks shorter than me. I don't know if they've been shrunk cutting in the it. cold. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Also, there's no attempt to resuscitate the Gran after pulling her out of the, the lake or pond or whatever. And he needed That's, her oh, death she's for dead. the script. Hmm. She's been under there for about three minutes. You can probably bring her back if you tried, Doctor. Yeah, but, you <laughs> know, yeah, but in front witchcraft. Of, yeah, yeah, of all these people. I yeah. noticed a slight nod to Yaz's job. She was the family liaison officer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 Attacked by Japanese the tentacle monster. They're in a really dangerous situation and she lets Yaz go off by herself. I mean, that yeah. way is asking for trouble. <laughs> there was no mention of Yaz's uh, heritage either. She's clearly not Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. Obviously, they mentioned Ryan, but, but, but not Yaz, yeah. interestingly. There is a misconception that there wasn't non-white British people in England at that time. 20% of the, the people that fought in the Armada were not white British. But so they it were wasn't, probably mercenaries brought in. Mm, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't... Or slaves. Huh? It wasn't yeah. necessarily unknown or unseen. No, it's not very common. In the middle of it wasn't very common, York, but it, Yorkshire, Leicester, uh, but it wouldn't have been completely. Perhaps they figured we've got this mad woman murdering all the horses and the people. <laughs> we've got a lot more to worry about than some exotic-looking girl. Because also, she, you, you've also got to remember back then, most people worked out in the fields and were quite tanned to what we are now. Yeah, I'd... yeah and, <laughs> British and, weather. Yeah, even in the British weather. <laughs> and yeah, if Yaz was much more darker skinned, the difference would be highlighted more. But she's not dark, dark skinned, so it's it conceivably possible they're not noticing the difference that much. That's not I, that I, bigger point, but <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I think think they would notice but it just wasn't a thing yeah anything upbeat to end on i liked it (laughs) (laughs) and there was mrs thing from downton abbey in it mrs thing Mm, yes. Thing one, thing two. Mm. Did she dry, try and drown anyone in Downton Abbey? Not as far as I know. Yeah. I may have missed it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, interesting one and generally rather popular. Except for a grumpy old you. I said for grumpy me, but you know, <laughs> that's fair enough. As long as most people liked it, that's the main thing. Yeah, it was a good one. You've been writing to us again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have heard from the absolutely wonderful Naya. I think it's the absolutely wonderful. It might be another Naya. You mean there's two? Can and the world cope with two nayas? Hello, staggering storytellers. Hello. Hello I was going Hello. to wait until the season was over and give one big ball of feedback, but yeah. I'm listening to Podcast 302 now, and there are things I'd like to say. Oh. I'll get the negative stuff out of the way quickly. I don't <laughs> like the new TARDIS console room. It looks like it needs to be given a good scrub with mould cleaner. (laughs) I don't like the new theme tune or opening credits. Frankly, I think they should have had the clock since the beginning and should have kept them once they had them. (laughs) The theme sounds like a dirge and is particularly mismatched to a doctor as bubbly as Jodie. Also, while the alternating history science fiction storytelling keeps things from getting stale, it also makes it brutally clear how weak the science fiction stories are this season, ranging from meh to wow, that was stupid. (laughs) The only one I liked was Kablam. The thing that ate energy also ate my will to spend irreplaceable time of my life watching it. (laughs) The reason I'm writing is in response to the comment that Rose
Mimosa and Demons of the Punjab were very similar. While they both were based on dignity and courage in the face of violent prejudice, I disagree that they were fundamentally the same. And because they were similar but not alike, they teach the younger audience that prejudice comes in many forms along with the history lesson. Rosa is about the violent enforcement of barriers and the day the barriers began to shift and fall. Who was on which side was blatantly clear based on skin tone, Mm. with Yasmin Mm. pointing out that it's not just a matter of literal black and white. Demons of the Punjab is about the violence when barriers go up. Manish didn't hate Prem for his colour or his religion, both of which were the same as Manish's, but Manish believed in the barriers so much that he was willing to kill anyone, including his own brother, for the sin of not enforcing his prejudice. Mm. It's a subtle difference between the two episodes, but it's one that keeps you from being comfortable about thinking, oh, that's just a racial thing, oh, that's just a religious thing. It's a prejudice thing, Mm. and Mm. prejudice comes in many forms. Mm. Naya. Thank you, Naya. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm sort of the opinion they should have been a season apart but yeah they're both good stories so it's hard to complain too much we have one from andrew scott hello andrew scott he says dear staggering stories christmas is coming but no who on christmas day for us you can put it on you got on blu-ray of or dvd or- <laughs> that's not what he meant uh, as a family it's always been an event for us everyone has their whatever for the first part of the day but congregate at our house for doctor who and we will lose that yeah my selfish side asks the question, does this mean watching it in peace and quiet for a change? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Karen, no idea how to punctuate that. No Christmas hyper kids talking over my viewing. <laughs> yes. Okay, they are 27, 27 and 29 now, but at Christmas, they're five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe Chibbers has taken pity on podcasters, saving them a Christmas scramble to be first to review the latest offering yeah. by finally giving them the day off also. <laughs> I also think for some folk over the water, Sunday has not been ideal. So this is perhaps an olive branch to non-blighty-based podcasting folk. Mm. Whatever the reason, I guess we will use it as an excuse to all get together and start New Year on a high. I have faith. Glad. All the best. Andrew Scott, Lester. Thank you, Thank you, Andrew. I remember us sitting in around your house and Jamie came down and opened his mouth and basically all of us went, Go to your home! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I was asleep. Yeah. It's going to be strange not having Dorothy on Christmas Day, but I'm sure we get used to it. Yep, we, we, we got used to having it on Christmas exactly. Day. We'll get used to not <laughs> having it. it Inconvenient as it often was. We got any more feedback? We have a bit of audio feedback here Ooh. from a certain Reese. Yo, Reese. Hello, staggering stories. It's Hello, me, Reese, and I Hi, give Reece. you greetings Hello. from. Australia. Australia. And I'm here to talk about three episodes of Doctor Who, one of which I've only seen two and a half hours ago, so uh, forgive me if it's not too in-depth, but I'll talk about them in a minute. But first, I just quickly want to touch upon the sad news that we got last time round of uh, Stan Lee's death. Oh, yeah, we I don't think there that, could <laughs> ever be any overstating that man's contributions to the world of comic books to the world of superheroes and even to cinema. I know he wasn't directly linked to filming stuff. I know you normally say that person's contribution to cinema was amazing if you talk about, you know, Steven Spielberg or John Williams or someone like that or Alfred Hitchcock, you know. They're very directly linked to cinema, but I think Stan Lee really changed storytelling and the way the Marvel Universe is set up is based entirely on how comics work. Yeah. So it, he's really influential on those as well. And he's also just personally, I just admired him so much. He was very creative, very imaginative. Um, I loved the the messages that he put into things. I love that his favorite character was Spider-Man and Spider-Man is 
or Peter Parker is kind of just this innocent, inquisitive, smart kid. And it's kind of bringing out all the qualities of the Doctor that I like. I never really used to think about Peter Parker or Spider-Man that much. He's never really been one of my favourite heroes. But the more I heard Stan talk about it and more interviews I've seen since he's left us, I've actually started to appreciate Spider-Man a bit more, or at least Peter Parker and the intention behind him. I don't think maybe, maybe the execution didn't work. Kind of like with Superman. Superman's meant to be a really great character. He's a force for positivity and all that, but he's just he's a bit bland. But yes. anyway, yeah, unfortunately. that's another point. But basically, I just want to pay my respects to the wonderful Stanley and say a huge thank you to him and just say that I love Marvel and uh, we wouldn't have Marvel if it weren't for him. So thank you very much. Moving on to the Doctor Who episodes I have to talk about. That is Demons of the Punjab, Kablam, and the Witchfinders. All righty. Beginning with Demons of the Punjab, easily my favourite of the three, and quite possibly my favourite of the season, tied with Rosa. And for very similar reasons, because they have very similar episodes, as was mentioned last time by a certain El Presidente. They sure are similar, and they certainly had a similar effect on me, where I was very emotionally moved. But they are quite different. Uh, Personally, I learnt more from Demons of the Punjab than I did Rosa, because I didn't know much about the partition, and I'm very grateful to have learnt some history and to to learn about that, and I'm really proud that Doctor Who went there. And I know you said very explicitly last episode that you will avoid things to do with politics, but this technically isn't politics. It's more a social thing. I'm just really proud that they're giving a group of people who don't often get a voice on mainstream TV. I'm glad they're giving them a voice and for a family show where there will be hindu and pakistani people watching it wherever they live they'll probably they'll see it and i just it's really good representation matters it's good and i know that is tied a lot and quite often into politics but i don't think it's really a political issue anyway that's also where the criticism of this show's too pc now comes (laughs) from no they're literally just showing human beings so Get over yourself. Anyway, I'm going to move on from that. We could be going into the territory that we don't really want to go to, which is absolutely fine. So I adore this episode. It is educational. It is beautiful. Quite literally the best shot, best lit and best costumes for this entire season. It's just a work of art in terms of its visuals. Personally, I think Mm. I also adore and Keith touched upon this, that Sagan Akinola got a lot of Hindu and Pakistani uh, instruments and performers in. They also recorded the music for this in uh, Abbey Road Studios. A nice bit of trivia for you. I just thought it sounded beautiful. And the end theme was Again, beautiful. Mm, Just, I think, the most haunting version of the theme we've actually heard, but also beautiful at the same time. There isn't too much more I could say about this episode. I really appreciated it. I liked seeing more from Yaz. Yeah, I love Yaz. Actually, something we don't see very often was a scene between Yaz and Graham. And because it's got Graham in it, it was really touching and heartfelt. (laughs) He's often like that. And he was encouraging her. And obviously he's got a number of years on her. So he's a bit more mature. And he kind of gave, (laughs) gave some words of wisdom. And it was just really nice to see. It was really well acted. So to sum up, I loved that episode. It's the best of the three by a long shot and possibly the best of the season, for me anyway. Mm. Moving on to Kablam. Kablam. Mm. I don't know how I feel about this one, and I'm uh, not entirely sure why. Maybe because it's following 
one that's just so special to me and that I really like. Yeah. But there are just there are a few things I didn't like about it for sure. But there are other things I love about it. Like I, I love the references to uh, previous Doctors, like the yep. Unicorn and the Wasp one, and the Fez coming back. And it, yeah. I think that looked even better on Jodie than it did on Matt. To be honest, <laughs> I love that all the characters they did actually all have um, a fair bit to do this time around. And a lot of people are concerned that three companions is too much, but I think it's been working most of the time. And if it doesn't work, then well. the it's a challenge that the writers have to live up to and it's a challenge they set themselves. I don't think that means that there are too many. I just think the writers have to work harder to make it a, a plot for all of them. And in this case, I think it worked. Maybe. I liked most of this episode. Uh, there's something that I wasn't particularly keen on or impressed with, but it's not enough to make or break the episode, but it was the CGI on the conveyor belt. It was yeah, you know, back to standard Doctor Who effects yeah. during a season which has been outstanding with that sort of thing it's just looked great the production values for the cgi and for the practical effects have been great but that just looked kind of the level of effects of <laughs> the silurian city in the hungry earth and <laughs> cold blood the silurian two-parter yeah. Yeah. like season five is great but it hasn't got the best budget of the show it, no. like this is literally the best budget of the show i feel and it, it yeah, went back to that sort of me. thing like i said doesn't make or break an episode um but it certainly it was a little bit of a letdown they kind of could have shown it less and shot it from different angles and i would have been happier but the thing i'm most put off by is the ending i don't mind that charlie died and i'm glad that people who are calling for proper resolutions to the villain of the week or the monster of the week finally got what they wanted i haven't minded it so far that, you know, some of the villains just leave or they didn't die or they didn't get their comeuppance or, or whatever. I don't mind it, uh, but I can I can get why people would be, you know, put off by it. But I just feel like there wasn't enough remorse. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just so in tune with the rest of the season and the message they're putting out there that maybe I felt like the Doctor should have been mournful. And we got a little bit of it. And in fact, I think maybe Yaz solved... There must have been an energy in the TARDIS of, we kind of let that person down. I know they were doing bad <laughs> things, but they died in the end, and that's not necessarily a good thing. So maybe Yaz got rid of that tension by wanting to take Dan's um, little yep. love heart to his daughter. Speaking of which, I love Lee Mack. It's good to have him <laughs> in the show. And it wasn't over-the-top casting either. In fact, it was gone within, like, 10 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so 17. good episode. Mm. Looks great. Great dialogue. Great character moments. Uh, like the doctor being disappointed she couldn't go on the conveyor belt and she you know, yeah. had her employment terminated. It was just, yeah. I love it when Jodie does cute little doctor things like that. The, yeah. the 11th doctor yeah. would have done something like that. And I just love yeah. how Jodie plays it. Just It's great. Just, so good episode, just not the best. It, it was okay. I think I feel the same way about this one, the way a lot of people feel about the Serangu conundrum, <laughs> which I really like. Okay, maybe not really like, but it's it's better than this one for me. But anyway, okay. moving on. The Witchfinders. Now, I've only seen this once, and that was a few hours ago, so it's pretty fresh, and I won't go too in-depth. I'll save yep. that for next time, where I think I'll talk about, gosh, that one and the last two episodes of the season. Uh, but anyway, wow. this one was good. Uh, I liked it. It's not without its problems. Some of them were uh, quite obvious and quite to the to the fore for me. Um, I feel like, speaking of the Saranga conundrum, I feel like these episodes should almost have been swapped because there's a tone in this of the doctor being kind of the victim and i know she solves yeah. the day in the end but yeah. at first i was disappointed that you know we've got a female doctor now and then we're going to have a story where capable female 
characters and people who speak up when they're not meant to and they they do things that are against ordinary uh, trial as witches and so the capable smart female character that we now have who commands authority wherever they go and waves around a magic wand uh, right. is now going to be trialed as a witch he knew it was going to happen yes and I, yes. I was kind of at first disappointed that it was going to be that obvious but I did appreciate it when not only did the writers realise what they were doing, and they weren't just, you know, subconsciously making her the victim because she's now female, but it was very conscious, and then the not only were they aware of it, they didn't the have doctor to go was there. aware of it. And I loved the, the way she delivered the, ugh. You know, if I was a bloke, I would have gotten away with this much more easily yeah. or something like that. It was, it was well done, hung a lantern on it, addressed it, and that's enough for me. But I just feel like they could have done this earlier in the season, and then the Serenga conundrum, she did solve... The mystery in the end and save the day the conundrum but things i really did like alan coming i love alan coming he's a great <laughs> actor and he, no exception here he was at his camp scenery, scenery chomping yep. scene stealing <laughs> best in this i yep. just loved him i liked that we're at the point in this season now where we don't have to learn too much more about the companions we kind of know where they're coming from and the kind of people that they are because yeah. uh We've learnt about them. And I like that we've learnt about them from an emotional standpoint as well. Like we know that Graham is grateful to have spent three years longer than he expected because he had the cancer, but he's still around and he's got a bit of survivor's guilt. We know that Ryan lost his nan and that that's a big part of his life. And he's also hasn't got a great relationship with his father. Um, so he was raised by his nan. And so we know that that's going to have an influence on how he reacts to situations and certain people. We know that Yaz is more of a family person. She's got a much better relationship with her family. She likes family. She likes tradition. She likes hearing about her family's history. We also know she she's uh, very driven. Uh, she's yeah. a police officer because she wants to do more in her life. Yep. So we know how they're going to react to things. And in fact, we see very typical reactions for them within this episode. And she got a great, two great moments. One of being the physically capable police officer and kind of bashing up the sentient mud. <laughs> and the other one of encouraging the other character who I can't remember. I've only seen it once, like I said. I'll probably know uh, more yeah, about it once I've seen it again. And that was a great little moment where she Willa. talked about her bully and equated it to this situation and said, even though things get tough, you just do it. And she kind of developed anxiety because of what was going on, but she pushed through anyway. And it was hard, and it's going to be hard, but just do it. And on a similar note, in terms of like little speeches and, and stuff that I liked, I enjoyed the Doctor's one where she was talking to King James and King James asked, who are you? How do you know all this? And ignoring the fact that she's a time traveler and mm -hmm. a lot of us know this sort of stuff, yep. <laughs> know about King James's life. She was saying about his, his psyche and his point of view on the world. She knows it because we're all the same. We want certainty and security and we want people to be either good or bad because we like things to be black and white and simple. But People in life isn't like that. And that was a really nice little monologue, really well written, and it was brilliantly delivered by Jody. So, again, another good episode, solid, nothing great. I think they're still paling in comparison to things like Rosa and the Punjab episode. But, yeah, they're good. I feel like they might be the calm before the storm too. Also, mm. quick mm. prediction, which we'll know by the time you hear this, I'm pretty sure, actually. But anyway, I get the okay. feeling this season might actually end on a cliffhanger because it's only a few weeks between the end of this season and the New Year's special. It's true. I kind of wanted to. I don't know. I'm going to... 
put that down as a prediction and a hope and a dream okay. as we get ready to start doing our predictions, hopes yeah. and dreams indeed for the uh, upcoming year. Yeah. But anyway, that would be interesting because unlike previously, it's not long until that episode. So it would actually be really interesting to put in a cliffhanger. Anyway, I've waffled Maybe. on for a really long time now. Weirdly, I've managed to talk longer about these episodes than I did the six episodes I did previously. <laughs> Actually, on that note, if you're wondering why Fresh my previous mind. feedback was co- so concise, it's because of the magic of audio editing technology. Because believe <laughs> oh. me, there are a lot of ums and ers when I do this thing. And in fact, for that episode, I had to try and remember what episode came next. So I did a lot of Women in Filterworth, Ghost Monument, Rosa. Uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, Ragnar's in the <laughs> UK. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I managed to edit it together and make it a bit of a quicker package for you. Plus, I get a lot of time at work because I work in a factory to get my thoughts in order so uh, yeah. that helps me be a bit more concise. Anyway, this time hasn't been so concise so I'm going to leave you now. Thank you so much for the wonderful podcast. Thank I'll you. speak to you next time where I'll be talking probably about the last three episodes Ooh. if you include this one again. Yeah. So basically yeah. the last two episodes. Anyway, speak to you next time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nobody mentioned some rather dodgy dialogue. What was it the doc said? Not to kill her, but to fill her. Mm. <laughs> I was hoping nobody would mention it. <laughs> I must admit, I was... Oh, no, I, you're not filling me. I, 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 I must admit, I did sit there going inwardly going... <laughs> you child, you. How you did it Smut. too. Yes, I know, but um, you child, you. Look him in the eyes and apologise. Well, I can't look anyone in the eyes because my eyes are all over the place. Why should I apologise? You did exactly the no, same no, thing. No, 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 on the spike. Oh, oh, him. Him, yes. We forgot to say yeah. hello oh. to him. Let's say it quickly now. Okay. One, okay. two, three. Hello, hello, That was quick. That was quick. So mention Christmas cards. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yes. Ding, if you want the Christmas card, send your ding, name, your address ding, to us ding, at the ding, usual. Joe at staggeringstories.net. Along with feedback, if you wish. Yes. The Christmas card looks really cool. Ding, ding, yes, it does. Ding, ding, Even though I look 90, Jean's got... Ding, no, ding, don't say that because that's horrible. What's she got? Jean's lost a lot of weight since he's <laughs> used no, I, that I, I was thinking I don't want to be horrible to the artist. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, she'll be horrible to me. But I'll be horrible, she won't be horrible to you. Horrible any day. And I'm frightened by the amount of lack of hair all the males have got. <laughs> it's true to life. True, <laughs> true. Lead us out, Crumbly. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. God, <laughs> help me! But help never fear. Me. Help me! In the next one, there'll be more of the same. The more fun, frivolity, and podcast. jollity. More news and reviews. More who all the news. Stark in there. Final two, kind of. Yes. <laughs> Not so there. until that. J for Jody. Jocular. Jockstrap. Jolly. Jolly. Joy. No. <laughs> Comes jiggling. Jackanapes. <laughs> Jack and apes. Don't just chuck in random words. Began with J. Jack and apes. I thought lot and hard over that. Random words. <laughs> On Jack and Ori with just, jelly. Justifiably. Jubblies. In jail. <laughs> Jubilation. <Jiggly>. Comes. Jiggling. <laughs> that could be a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> Jumbling. Joyfully. With jambalaya. <laughs> Watching Jumanji. Towards us. This is me, Crumbly saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. Bye-bye. 
You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast series one number 303 featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, fake Keith, Gene Riddler and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers of the site. No copyright infringement intended. This has been an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Um, before we have addendums, could someone please quickly check the news to make sure nobody's died? <laughs> <laughs> Who did similar work of novel novelizing? <laughs> Specially trained midgets. Will I say that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll step into the void left by the leopard. By the leopard print. Leopard print Lebutins. Lebutins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it hard for me. <laughs> the bootings, I've heard of that word. Uh, shoes. Oh, okay. The shoes is easier to spell. <laughs> to say. Bootings. No, no. You've just told us a thing we never heard of. Oh, like Jimmy Chews. The bootin, Jimmy Chews. I know what Jimmy Chews. I know who Jimmy Chew is, but the bootin. I've yeah. never heard of That's what you stick when you're fighting someone. Yeah, you stick the bootin. Anyway. Anyway. That was bad. <laughs> He's gone. You need yep. to do the Labutin I do, sentence. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take a run up at him. Yeah. Deep breath. Leopard print. <laughs> <laughs> just say shoes. <laughs> After all this, you're just gonna no, concede. No, 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 no. Buy, yeah, buy her leopard print shoes. Yeah. The, the outtakes are going to be long this week. Yeah, yeah. It's a fashionable shoe. Okay. <laughs> Troy Clark. Like a pastry. <laughs> this you don't from... make shoes out of a pastry. You make shoe pastry. Uh, this oh. is from our fashion correspondent. <laughs> I mean, my... what I've sort missed... of pretentious twat uses the word Lebutins? <laughs> the person who designed them. El Presidente. Well, I've heard rumours about him. <laughs> You did very well. I know I did. <laughs> Unlike last week. Last week, you just let yourself down. I wasn't here. Exactly. You let right. yourself down, you let the podcast down, you let the listeners oh, you weren't down. here either. <laughs> yeah, but I don't usually do the intro. <laughs> I was working late last time. I was working late last time. Yeah, hang around the street corner, see? <laughs> Wearing his Lebutins. Yeah. yeah. Leopard print Lebutins. Yeah. yeah. With a big sign saying, come and get it here, big boy. Can we get on with it? After that, can we? <laughs> Big boy. Bye-bye, go. Sibley, the cat. Teapot, 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 teapot. What the? F <laughs> I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Start with Kablam. Let's start with Kablam. <laughs> Is that the intro? <laughs> when Bagpuss goes to sleep. Sorry. Let's start with him. Very tired. <laughs> well, there is a reason to have a cake. Is there? Yes. What is the reason? Today yes. is National yes. Cake Day. <laughs> Seriously, today is National Cake Day. Are you making day. shit up? No, I'm not. You look it up. Today is National <laughs> Cake Day. <laughs> well, then there's a reason to have cake. I have no idea. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking this up. unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, bugger me sideways, it's National Cake Day. <laughs> See what little faith she has in me. 
this part of me would like that they've set it up that there's going to be no old monsters in it and we're going all the way through and then suddenly <laughs> yeah. springs one out at us. I bet he will. Maybe in the New Year special because it, that's not this season. It's sort of yeah. a special so you can get away with it. He hasn't technically lied at that point. <laughs> Sorry, a producer or showrunner or whatever the hell they're called these days actually meaning what he says? Well. It'd be the first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Tyler forgot about Stan Lee, didn't he? <laughs> Never mind. We did. We did. Oh.